Welcome to this episode of the Anti-Art Podcast. I just want to say um, thank you to everybody that's been down with me, um, all my fans, all my beautiful fans, um, anyone who's ever gave me a listen, all my people. Um, I come from a generation of pain where murder is minor. You see, <laughs> Rebellious and Margellus clip you for designer. Belt buckles and clout overzealous if prone to violence. You make a wrong turn, be it will or wheel alignment. Damn. Damn, man, that's deep as hell. Did you just make that up? Yeah, I came up with that completely on my own. Uh, it speaks to my experience, for sure, as a white suburban person, uh, that my life is filled with with death, uh, for sure. <laughs> I definitely I definitely created that, <laughs> that set of lines, that poetry. I just want to thank all of our fans. You know what I mean? All the people who yeah. like all the Bjork memes, I appreciate you. All the people who gave us a listen on the podcast, I appreciate you. Uh, I'm a rapper now, Okay. Uh, I'm a big time rapper, just got signed. So I'm just announcing that I'm quitting the podcast, um, to go rap, um, full time. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow, man. Congratulations. Don't worry. I'll hold it down over here. Uh, we'll be the Troy takeover for every episode. We'll, we'll talk about the Sixers every episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, the Sixers, uh, they're pretty good. <laughs> Man, the six are good. Joel and B got robbed for the MVP. <laughs> Fuck the Joker. The Joker sucks ass. <laughs> who, who the hell is the Joker? Ah, uh, Drodic. Um, he's like uh, he plays for the Nuggets. He won MVP last year. Mm-hmm. And now he won it again. Yeah, uh, he's won more MVPs than uh, Kobe Bryant. Okay, so, uh, you, you know maybe okay maybe this is what we'll do. We'll get we'll get you a new co-host, and I'm just gonna stick around to hear you guys talk about basketball because I feel like as a white rapper, um, all I can really rap about is um women in basketball you know mm-hmm. learning from the jack harlow model especially i feel like that's all i can really rap about so mm-hmm. yeah i mean plus uh, i've seen you play basketball man you play like machine gun kelly i'm not but i don't have to play basketball <laughs> you see i mean there might be a, there might be an opportunity where i'm gonna have to play uh we're gonna have to step in the ring and i might Court. be whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever you call it you know what i mean uh you know go tit for tat with somebody i've seen little baby play um i can get into percocets um, and I could just play terribly and that'll be my excuse. Uh, I think that's probably where it's going to go. But, you know, there's definitely going to be lots of lines about, you know, uh, d- dribbling and shooting the ball, that kind of the stuff. Fundamentals. The uh. fundamentals, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go toe to toe with like Baby Tron as far as lyrically, uh, as far as lyrical white boys go. Uh, I'm definitely going to get smoked by him, but this is definitely going to be a Pokemon gym trainer type of thing. I, I think Jack Harlow is going to be like the, the first gym for sure as far as white rappers go. And then you get into the spiritual, lyrical, miracle people like Token. You got Eminem, uh, people of that nature. Those are going to be really difficult. Yeah. And then, like, the, the final boss is uh, Kid Rock. No, the final boss is definitely Baby Tron. <laughs> Baby Tron is the best player ever. Yeah. I mean, really? Baby Tron Actually, is, yeah, yeah. Baby Tron is mixed, but I mean, he's like, yeah, he's, he's white. I mean, in, in, a, in, in a way, I guess. Uh, he's white. So he's definitely the ultimate white rapper. At least that's what he's, he's crowned by Extendo and, and others uh, as being. You know the the ultimate white rapper, so I I would agree. But you know I'm coming for your spot, baby Tron. I got lyrics, I got bars. You want to hear some more? Hold on. <laughs> Let me. I'm gonna spit these off the top of my head. Can't read that one. Fuck. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to plagiarize Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah, I guess a white guy. <laughs> yeah, if you guys haven't figured this out already, um, my my rap career is over. I actually just got my record deal taken away because I was plagiarizing Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I guess only Baby Keem can do that. 
Damn! <laughs> it, man, it's family ties. It's all good. But... <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, I'm, I'm announcing that I'm quitting rap, guys. Um, you know, it's just too stressful for me to be a rapper, essentially. It's, it's too much. Too yeah. much pressure. The culture's not for everyone, you know? You know, I'm getting my dick sucked too much. Um, you know, uh, you know. You're doing too much lean. I'm doing too much lean. I'm getting my dick sucked too much. Uh, I'm making too much money off these shows. You know, it's like Atlanta. It's like Atlanta where I'm making money now, but I'm sad about it. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we're going to move on. Uh, and we're going to talk about, of course, the man I plagiarized from, Kendrick Lamar. And we're, we're talking, of course, about his new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, which is not out yet, by the way. It is Friday. Actually, it is out because it's Friday. But when yeah. we recorded this, it wasn't out. Uh, yeah, it's not out yet. So right now we've just been going with what the single was and kind of just because like we're gonna go over his discography and kind of like make like assumptions on what this album's gonna be and predictions and our uh what's the word for it? uh speculation blind speculation yeah very blind speculation <laughs> yeah essentially we're gonna go through his albums from 2010 until i guess like 2016 or 17 when when damn came out and kind of just go through the themes of the album some of the highlights some of our favorites that kind of thing and then just kind of figure out where he's at now and try and predict like what the album will sound like because we have one single out but it's a standalone single called the heart part five um, which i was plagiarizing from just a moment ago i think just by vibe and by tone and stuff like that i think we can kind of see where he's going um but you know the heart series has not always been a reliable indicator of exactly where he's going because he's always kind of lyrical he's always in his kendrick kind of bag but i feel like we can always kind of rely on on kendrick's heart series to give us just a little bit of like what is Mm going to happen on the record so you know i think that'll help with our blind speculation when we get there but i think we could start off first by um skipping overly dedicated his first mixtape because i don't know jack shit about that do you i was listening to it a little bit uh this week i didn't really i wasn't really into kendrick lamar until good kid med city dropped but yeah um, i agree yeah but i mean it was still a pretty good project um it, it pretty much is like similar vibes to like uh his discography i feel like that he didn't really pop off until good kid mad city came out yeah because oddly enough we both went to fairfield and before we were there he actually played our school i i remember i remember going on the tour for that school and like they were like oh we have the best people coming into our school to do performances we had kendrick lamar we had juicy J come in and i'm like sweet and then like we get there <laughs> <laughs> and what they what was our first concert it was like love and theft some country band yeah that was awful but i mean if we're going off of like rappers that get big or something like that if that's all you're going off of we did have little dicky before he, he popped off but well, <laughs> but, but like Lil Dicky didn't pop off because of his rapping though. He popped off because of Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that show is terrible. But yes, I yeah, I agree. I mean, that was like the biggest person that we had pretty much. I mean, we also had uh T Pain. Yeah, we had T Pain who was already kind of washed at that point. You know, sorry T Pain, if you're listening, uh whatever you're washed. Um but like before we got there they had they had the chain smokers, they had uh Kendrick, and they had Diplo all performing at the school and then when we got there it was just like oh yeah here's all the garbage <laughs> here's whoever were, we can afford dude, i remember one year they were like like they canceled the concert and they, and they put and they scheduled the, the concert on family day yeah and that shit was dumb like they had the temptations there but like well i guess technically the temptation because you know r.i.p to most people in that group all right but 
<laughs> but yeah, it was a ripoff though. Like, like, come on, how are you gonna be like, oh, we get Kendrick and Juicy J and Diplo, and then like we get there and it's fucking ass. Yeah, honestly, I wish I can go back in time and uh, you know, as part of the radio, I feel like throughout my life, I feel like I always and like going through these musically like inclined like side things or whatever, and then I get distracted by this stupid job or like stupid like actual thing that i'm doing mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm i always give shit like i always like feel like i'm half-assing stuff like i feel like you know i was doing radio there but then i had this like very difficult major that i was doing and i feel like i could have definitely you know been a part of booking better people for us i kind of wish i could go back in time and do that but you know i think now now that you know the month is about to end uh, I, I what i'm doing is slowly shifting into just doing entertainment stuff i hope that i could uh revise my old ways and and prioritize this entertainment shit you know what i mean you know in in the spirit of kendrick in the spirit of somebody who definitely you know gave it his all and risked everything to to be creative and and it's look at how it's working out you know what i mean it's definitely motivational listen listening to the heart part five and listening back to his his discography and just watching him advance from from top to bottom and just never give up because mm-hmm. i was a pussy i you know i could have i could have i should have up the serious thing and i should have went straight into music and just been like kendrick or been like all these other people you know who like who gave it their all but you know i was pussy and and i learned the hard way that you know doing the practical thing always leads to you being miserable and wanting to do the creative shit so you know as we move up to section 80 which is the one which is the album that he performed at our school or the mixtape rather fuck your ethnicity great song starts out around the campfire it starts with this very intriguing piano line that always makes me laugh every single time because it's like these people sitting around a fire and this guy this like camp counselor guy he's like he's like and i just want to say fuck your ethnicity and then it goes (laughs) (laughs) no yeah like this was such a good mixtape like i really i liked it too like a lot um i I liked uh cushion corinthians because like i used to live on uh a street in philly called corinthians Mm. and like do you smoke kush on the street all the time. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we, my brother and I were just, you know, just uh, blast Cushion Corinthians while smoking Cush on Corinthians. Mm. Fucking uh, hell yeah, dude! Poetic justice, right there. Yeah, which will be a great segue into the next album, but because it has a song called Poetic Justice. But uh, <laughs> as we continue to move on, Hold Up is a is an amazing song. It's about getting his dick sucked on an airplane. Uh, or something like that. <laughs> I think he's fucking on an airplane or something <laughs> on that song. I forgot how it goes, but then you get ADHD, which was featured on the GTA five soundtrack, classic, classic track. This is like, this is probably the album where he's most like J. Cole, I would say. And you even get a J. Cole, fe- um, not feature, J. Cole production credit with high power, which is another fantastic song. Mm-hmm. This is that era where it was like the rap team ups were like the big thing. It was like, oh, I'm waiting for that Chance and uh, Gambino project. I'm waiting for that Kanye, you know, good ass job and Chance. Mm, Kanye and Chance album. Yeah. Yeah, good ass job. L- literally, like, I love how, like, like you still see those tweets today. Mm hmm. And like they'll still use the, the same picture from like 2010 of like Kendrick Lamar and like J. Cole as like teenagers. Yeah, it's like Childish Gambino with like his shirt open and he has like a Pulp Fiction shirt on or something. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like Chance just looking up that picture. Yeah. And they're like, these guys are going to be making an album together. I swear to God. Yeah, they're definitely not completely going in completely different directions. <laughs> like, like one of them is literally not even rapping anymore. Uh, Gambino, you know. Nah, man, it's on. It's on their hard drive. I swear to God. Like I've listened to it so many times. Yeah, you gotta look. You gotta look for the leaks. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. (laughs) I'm sure it's really. I'm sure it's really good. I'm sure it's aged really well. Just like their song, favorite song, slap happy. F slur slapper. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that one aged really well. I'm sure that album is going to be great. Um, 
But yeah, Ronald Reagan era is fantastic. I mean, uh, we got Rigor Mortis, which has that crazy horn sample. You know? Yeah, like this. Honestly, I feel like this like mixtape, like, it really was a good intro of like who Kendrick Lamar kind of was throughout his whole career. Mm. Just like he's conscientious, but he's also a dude who like who fucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely fucks. And then this is also the Black Cape era with um with TDE or Top Dog Entertainment, where it was like um, Schoolboy, Kendrick, Absol, J Rock. They were kind of all on the same level. I remember they were performing at this Rock the Bells festival, which actually like got canceled, but it was going to be all four of them. And then like SZA came into the mix a little bit later. You know what I mean? This is definitely that era where it was like they were all rolling together as like a collective. Yeah, where Top Dog Entertainment like really had like a grip on the culture at the time. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it got like progressively more and more uh, apparent as as we move on through these uh, albums and stuff. But I also wanted to mention on one of the songs off of – I think it was Absol's album or maybe it was Schoolboy's album where he says, uh, someone call Rihanna too. I need that vagina too. Great lyric, Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> just like his, just like Kanye, you know, one of his his future mentors and somebody who he definitely look up to, probably look up to as he was moving along. Uh, you know, horny. Um, <laughs> horny. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's the base of like any good like rap album. Is that <laughs> yeah. You got to be a little horny. You got to uh, be a little horny. I mean, Good Kid, Mad City is a very horny album. The whole album is just about him trying to fuck. Well, that's – yeah, exactly. I mean, like, if you want to segue to that album right now, um, I mean, yeah, the intro track uh, for Good Kid, Mad City, Shireen, a.k.a. Master Splinter's daughter, mm-hmm. that whole song is about him, like, he just wants to fuck the shit out of Shireen. Like, yeah. And then he, like, goes over there. What was it? Yeah, I love how this song, like, really sets up, like, how he's just supposed to fuck this chick who just lives on the other side of Compton. Mm-hmm. And and plus, like, I, I liked um, this, like, album, how Kendrick, like, was able to include, like, really good skits, too. Yeah, he does. Like, that. He, yeah, a lot of rap albums have, have skits that are tough to get through and they're kind of they kind of suck. Certain ones, you know what I mean? Oh, most definitely. A, a lot of them do suck, but like, I, I, re- I don't know. These skits on here were just so funny. Like, like his mom calling him, but like, yo, Kendrick, what are you going to give him back in my car? And then it's just like, his dad's in the background, like, yo, he better be picking up my fucking dominoes. <laughs> you, sh- you strung out over a bitch. You good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or we can go over there and pop him right now. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! It's like it's like those like especially the later skits like when they get real serious like that that shit really like sets it up like so well like like set up the song so well like when I was listening to Shireen um, aka Master Splinter's daughter um I, like listening to um his mom at the last second when she when like um not his mom his dad when his dad's just like bitch don't kill my vibe and oh, then yeah. it goes right into <laughs> bitch don't kill my vibe yeah that's a fantastic song i mean that that like definitely predicts his future and like like grounds himself in the present with all these people around him that like want to be famous and just want to like you know ride off his coattails and that kind of shit it's really cool that you know just again like genesis awas this would be kendrick's debut technically i feel like he has a really firm footing in like who he's going to be the fame he's going to have the people who are going to be around him that are fake you know what i mean what's real what's what's what shines and you know what's actually gold and you know all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like uh, Kendrick really, um, like, I think his strongest, like, attribute to this album is that his storytelling. Yeah. Um, and his self-awareness, too. His self-awareness and just, like, he'll, like, uh, like, he won't be afraid to, like, say some shit that's, like, embarrassing or something. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I really, like, um, but, like, yeah, he'll say, like, shit that, like, like it might, might sound embarrassing, but, like, it's, like, real. Like, it really adds, like, another, like, r- another dimension to the tracks. Oh, yeah, for sure. But then he'll also come in with like the hardest like shit ever, like on like backseat freestyle. Yeah, like ah ring ding 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 <laughs> ah ring ding ding like more than a dream. <laughs> yeah, Kendrick have a dream, dude. That shit is the hardest freestyle I've heard in my whole fucking life. Yeah, that's bold. That shit is not a freestyle. That shit is bold as hell. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I mean, in the context of the album, it's like a, it's, yeah. you know, he's he's with his homies and he's just like you know fucking around. Yeah, being, like I wish my dick was as big as that. Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I, I this is definitely the best fake freestyle of all time, like f- for sure. Because every other freestyle, like Double XL, that are fake, and like all these other ones that are fake, and on albums where they say that's a like Duppy freestyle by Drake, none of that shit is a freestyle. Come on, no. But he frames it as like within the story, it's a freestyle. He doesn't he doesn't try and proclaim like he, this is coming off the top of his head. But but then he he's smart enough to write it as if it does come off the top of his head, which is really cool. But I mean, on, yeah, yeah, like I love I love the lyric. Uh, what is it? I got thirty five letter on my dresser yesterday. You know, fire to that ass, body cast on the stretcher or something like that. That line is fucking sick. Damn, dude. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, that song specifically. His dick is big, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Which which is a reoccurring theme throughout his whole (laughs) discussion. <laughs> How big his dick is. His dick is big. His dick is as big as the Eiffel Tower. He's gonna fuck the world for seventy two hours. hours. Damn, he's Damn, got bitches. Man. You know, bitches. Damn. <laughs> Damn, I got bitches. Yeah, it's just gonna turn into us, just like, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's just gonna be us, just like doing karaoke to Kendrick Lamar songs. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I will say is, I think Real is like one of his worst songs. <laughs> Really? You didn't like real? I am really, really real. I I I'm real. I hate Anna Wise. Anna Wise ruins Kendrick's music. Like like she's on Black of the Berry for two seconds. I hate that she added because like in the single version she's not there, but then on the on the Black of the Berry album version, it's like uh down to a knee That shit. How what is it? Time to run. Oh, that's her? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, right before, like, uh, that so guy comes in, right? So fucking unnecessary. It's so fucking unnecessary. Like, this part, hold on. That is her. Like, she just sounds like she doesn't belong. And, and she doesn't, and she just added, like, secondhand, like, in, like, in the... Um, on the album version or whatever. Anyway, mm, I don't like yeah. I don't like Anna Wise. I think her chorus sucks. Um, but the rest of this album is fantastic. It's fantastic. The art of peer pressure. I literally get goosebumps like hearing that song sometimes. And he's just like, "We made a left. We made a right. We made a left." <laughs> like, because oh shit, he's, yeah, he's getting chased. He's right? just like, he's like my mom. Well, yeah, because like, so it's right after him and his boys committed a crime, and they're trying and like they're trying to like get away with it uh, from like robbing that store. Mm-hmm. And then like, the, the, yeah, they're literally like, he's like, "Made a right, make a left." And then he gets a call from his mom, and she's like, "What you doing?" He's like, "Kicking it." Mm-hmm. Little does she know. I'm about to catch my first offense. Yeah. That's like, like this is fantastic. Poetic Justice with Drake. I mean, that's a fantastic song. All of these, um, I mean, I, I first found out about him through Drake because of um Take Care. And you know, Drake had him on that song, um, the one after Marvin's Room, like right before or something like that. 
Oh yeah, the 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 interlude one. Yeah, that song is really amazing. That's where I first found out about him. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I um, watched SNL. I, I used to watch Hulu a lot as a as a kid. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, watching watching Hulu shows, Office, and all those random fucking NBC shows. But I would watch SNL from time to time, and I remember seeing him on there, and I was like completely blown away i was like i need to see this guy live i'm like this guy's the best i went on pitchfork 9.5 i'm like i saw i like nutted my pants bro i was like i was like who the fuck is this guy this fucking rocks <laughs> dude he he really is and like even like um like mad city is really good too like uh yeah mad city is a mad city is like the classic frat boy banger but it shouldn't be because it's like yeah. so like I, I mean this album is like a fratty album like just from like yeah. beats alone yeah but like if you like the lyrics are just deep and they just like go with each other so well like i really like that one line when he's like this is not a tape recorder saying that he did it but ever since that day i was looking at him different yeah <laughs> that was great i mean the use of bleeping in this album like the bleep at people's names and like all that kind of stuff and the tape recordings and i don't know um that, that oh that lyric um uh bodies on top of bodies bodies uh avi's on top of bodies obviously the corn between the sheets like the osleys god damn that shit is so good <laughs> dude like right oh my god it's it's just like i just can't believe just like this is his debut album like yeah this shit is just nuts. And then swimming pools, you know, drank. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, well, yeah, that's definitely the most fratty, the most fratty song. But that song is just about drinking yourself to death. It's not really even, it's not about. Yeah, it's <laughs> a sad song. Like, when you listen to that. Yeah. And then, but, like, I got to say, one of my favorites, uh, it's long as fuck, but it's Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst. Oh, yeah. That's definitely one of my, like, top ten, top five Kendrick songs. I mean. Oh, my God. It's so good. And, like, because it, it's, like, right after, like, um,. What is it? Because, like, in this album, like, Kendrick gets uh, beaten up by uh, Shireen's uh, brother mm-hmm. or something. And then, like, so him and his boys are like, all right, let's go get revenge. So we're just going to, like, like, we know where they hang out. We're just going to go, fire some shots at them, scare them, and then, like, you know, we'll, we'll dip. But then, like, they did that. And then Shireen's brother and friend also had guns. And that ended up, like, Kendrick's boy literally died. Yeah, over over a girl, and and he's probably the one who is like you're stressed out over a girl or whatever, blah blah blah. And um, yeah, it's super interesting how these things escalate. You know what I mean? It, I, I understand the power of like like I don't know, like a girl could have on you, or like if a girl cheats on you, like the the we want to get revenge and stuff. But it's just you have to like really just be like okay, like no, <laughs> because that's such well, a powerful, strong. Emotion. Well, how would you feel though if your girl's brother beat the shit out of you just because like you're from the other neighborhood? Yeah, no, true. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just all, it's always over that, like, protective and all that kind of shit. And, and that's so toxic and fucked up. And I, he definitely touches on that and how, how, and how that could really damage people and, and literally kill people. Um, mm-hmm. seriously. And then, like, um, and then when they run into, like, that old woman and, and then she's, like, notices they have guns and shit. And then she's just like, you're dying of thirst and you need holy water to quench your thirst. Yes, yeah, so I don't and know. Did a prayer. It's supposed to be like Maya Angelou or something like that, I think. I don't know if it's like actually Maya Angelou or, or, or like or in the same way that like on, on um, To Pimp a Butterfly they have like, you know, he's talking to Tupac or whatever. But I'm pretty sure it's like a famous poet like that, like Maya Angelou or something. Um, really? Yeah. I, or it's supposed to be her or whatever, um, which is really cool and interesting. Yeah, I mean, Compton is also a great song. That's like a great, like, cinematic finish to the, to the record for sure. I mean, this is just a fantastic album with the exception of Real. I would tend to say that this is a perfect album. I mean, just, I can just minus out Real because uh, this, the, certain, certain albums, 
they're perfect but they have a shitty song you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. like the songs these songs are like so many of them are just like 15 out of 10 and you just ha- you could they can really like the the over the greatness of these songs like can really overpower and just like okay like just skip that one fuck it whatever you give it mm-hmm. i'll give them one dud you know Honestly, I'll, I'll listen to real. I'll listen all seven minutes, twenty three seconds of it. Uh, just oh so my I can god, it's that long, to, dude! It, yeah, I think that's what the reason I don't like it. Holy it's so shit! No, I just hate it because the chorus is horrible. <laughs> I'm really, really real. Yeah, but it's all worth it just to hear Kendrick's uh, dad at the end, fucking spit <clears throat> some 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 dad advice, being like, "Just killing a dude doesn't make you a real uh, person," you know, like providing for your family, fucking working, like you know, being a contributing person to the community. That's what's what makes you real for and, sure. You know, I like. How that ends the album. Yeah. Besides Compton, because I feel like Compton, for me, it feels like a bonus track than, like, part of the... Um, like, kind of like a credits. Like it, a roll credits. It is a roll credits, but it is part of the album. And there is a bonus track. Um, It's called... Um, I, don't, I forgot the name of the song. It goes, uh, Smoking Weed With You Like We Always Do. That song? Uh, Weather Weed and Women. Weather Weed... You know that song? Oh, um, The Recipe. Yeah, the recipe, the recipe with Dr. Dre. That's a bonus. That's actually a bonus track. That's, that's a good one. I really like that one a lot. That song is cool. It has a cool sample by. It's like some. I forgot. Um, it's like Twin Sister, the Frownies, or it's like a, one of those indie songs. It's also that era where people were, um, people from rap were like sampling indie songs. Like, um, I, I know that Childish Gambino like literally made a whole album where he's just like rapping over Animal Collective and Neon Indian and shit. It was definitely that era where like, oh yeah, where these people were like people were getting like really high grades over at Pitchfork, but then they were also like uh sampling and fucking around with people who also got higher grades of pitchfork but from different genres it was a it was a cool era it was one of my favorite eras of music for sure oh it definitely was i mean that's how like drake got his start on uh oh yeah that one mixtape thousand percent like Like jai paul he's like sampling on there and shit right Mm -hmm. yeah like honestly like i mean a lot of that music flopped but the good music that stuck around was really good Oh yeah, it didn't it didn't age well at all. But for the time, it was like, oh shit, he's rapping about nine eleven over a Jaipal, oh, you know, a, a fucking. Yo, did animal. you watch the fucking Imagine Dragons and Kendrick Lamar song? Okay, that is not that is a. a God damn, that is not what I'm talking about. No, I know. I'm just <laughs> that was awful. Oh man, he should have never done that. Um, yeah, uh, and, the, and Bro, the, he worked with worse. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he worked with the devil. <laughs> he worked with the devil, Taylor Swift, the white devil. <laughs> and then we can move on to T-Pab, where the the center of fixation is not Serene, it's Lucy, aka Lucifer, also Lucifer. the devil. Whoa, wow. transition, boom, bam. <laughs> yeah, the, to Bit Butterfly. This is a perfect album. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna say yeah, I agree with you. I'm gonna say that um, whatever the last album that we were talking, Good Kid, Mad City is like yeah, whatever Pitchfork gave it. It's that's probably it. Like an A, like almost like an A plus or whatever. But or or it is an A plus. But like To Pimp a Butterfly is just better. I don't know how to even say that. But I mean To Pimp a Butterfly, I feel like that was just like because I feel like uh, Good Kid, Mad City, like that was very concrete. It was very anecdotal. Like it was like on the concrete shit. To Pimp a Butterfly, like he just talked about so many subjects and was able to like intertwine them so well. Yeah, it proved that, that he wasn't a fluke. That's what he, that that was a really important thing that he did with the Pimp a Butterfly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember too when it first came out. Like everybody, like like didn't really like it at first because like it wasn't what traditional rap was. Hmm. Who's everybody? People you hanging around with or what? Uh... <laughs> the critics liked it. I don't know. I fucked with it. 
I mean, I love it. No, I mean, like, you know, like the average rap listening people, you, you know, like people who are just like, oh, I need my rap to be talk about like drugs, talk about violence, talk about blah, blah, blah. But like ain't like a good connotation of that. Like, I feel like Butterfly, like it talks a lot about that, but it's also like has like a uh, conscientious uh, perspective to it. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess Good Kid Mad City like fooled the frat boy because I remember my freshman year roommate who was a fucking dick, by the way. Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> he's annoying as hell. Um, he's a lacrosse player. And I remember playing like Black of the Berry around him or I, or I had the leak or I had the album early and I was trying to play it around him and he was just like not having it. But I bet if I played Good Kid Mad City, he would be like, oh, dude, this is so sick. You know what I mean? This dude, is he, he, would, he would say the N-word. <laughs> yeah, he definitely would. He, and I, and I Where def- are you from? <laughs> and, and, he de- and he definitely did because I'm <laughs> pretty sure I remember hearing him say it anyway. Um, but as we move forward uh, through this out al- through this album, um, <clears throat> I remember getting very high for like the third time or fourth time in my life and just like sitting down and just like wrapping myself in a blanket listening to this album just like holy shit this is like the greatest thing of all time if i felt like i was like that that was the era of me being high where everything felt like i was like in a movie or a musical or some shit where it was like mm-hmm. higher than life like oh my god like finally i can listen to tame impala and smoke weed <laughs> <laughs> you know i can finally en- uh, enjoy music <laughs> yeah I, I just remember the second time listening to this i was just very high in my bed and just like really like wow this is like this is like powerful music i mean like wesley's theory just starting off uh, i cannot say how it starts off um but it it was a good sample though amazing sample like it was like really good it was like of the 70s song too and like it just really was it it does such a good job setting up the album um it it sets the tone for people who look like me should not enjoy this or sing this or whatever and i respect that very much you know what i mean that's how i really feel because it's just like it really does set the tone and it's really like okay like taylor swift like you sang along to backstage freestyle you had that one but like listen to how this one starts everybody this is you're not going to be able to sing along to this and if you do it's going to be you're going to be doing acrobatics you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i thought you were gonna play because you're like listen to that I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh no no i'm not gonna play it no but um but it was such a good start of the album and plus like i just love like it felt like a continuation of um of good kid mad city mm-hmm. and i'm just like okay now like uh you know he just got a check he's like i'm act a fool like i'm gonna start like you know like like now that i finally am paid i'm finally getting successful like I'm, everyone loves me like mm-hmm. you know, shit's just going super well for me and like he does it in such a good way that just like it, and like it really sets up the album of like kind of like what it's like to be uh a rapper who's like a superstar well, yeah, that and plus, like, the last album is a story about him and in the perspective of him being a child and going through all these experiences, as you said a while ago. I don't remember if you said it on, on recording, but, like, he the first time he smoked weed, um, you know, there was, like, crystal uh, crystal in it or whatever. Or, yeah, or it, uh, it, was, uh, Angel yeah, Dust. it was Angel Dust. Yeah, because yeah. Like, um, yeah, I think he makes a, uh, a mention in this album or um, – yeah, it, there's like some mention he does where he's just like, "How would you feel like the first one you had? Had you foaming at the mouth?" Like that was on the that was on the last album. I forgot what song, but but there are mentions of um, Shireen. There are mentions of "Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst" on this album, which is really cool. But I like I like how on this album it's really just like a um, a sister album where the again, as I was trying to say, like the the Good Kid, Mad City is basically like um, his childlike experiences, and he's going through all these different experiences and like you know death in front of him, all this kind of stuff. It's like very real shit, and then 
then you move on to this album and he's very removed from all that stuff. Like he can really just like go and fuck off and go to like the hills or whatever. But he's like has like extreme survivor's guilt. Like the song You is just him like wailing out in the mirror to himself, just like, please, like, 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 what the fuck are you doing, man? You're out of you're out of this like dangerous area and like what the fuck are you doing for people? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's trying to like figure out how to give back and how to like be there for people and he has like just extreme survivor's guilt. Like it's it's like harrowing. Yeah, I mean, even, like, on, on that song, you, that you were talking about, like, I mean, like, he's getting fucked up, like, because you can hear the bottles clanking, like, he's fucked up in his hotel room. <sighs> ah! Like, uh, he ta- he writes about how, like, he feels so guilty because one of his boys um was, like, shot or something and uh, was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, like, he- they all thought he was going to make it. Uh, so he's just like, all right, whatever, like, I'll talk to him when I get, when I get back home. And he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like it's an actual survivor's guilt of just like, wow, like I'm I can't even like um be there for the people who helped me get me to where I'm at. Yeah, like in the last album his friend is dying for him and like that sets up pre survivor's guilt, but you don't feel it immediately until you leave and now you're like, Oh fuck, like somebody died over me because I was going after a girl and so I now I have that and then you get another phone call where literally you're removed and you're not even there and your friend is dying. So he must just feel like complete shit. And then as you get through this album, I mean it's just like um it it, it definitely deals a lot more in like race and that kind of stuff and more into like the like the like political struggles and that kind of stuff um i'm upset that this is like one of obama's like favorite albums that he loves this album a lot because it really points to like horrible neoliberalism and it kind of fucks up it kind of fucks up some of the politics and stuff for me i'm like i feel like a lot of the things that obama probably liked about this album it's like he was like you know literally doing and he was just like oh it's jazz i like it oh how much dollar costs oh cool okay Uh, michelle do you know how much uh, a dollar costs (laughs) (laughs) well the song is about like a homeless man or whatever right and i feel like obama probably caused a lot more people to be homeless you know by with whatever he was doing you know you know venture capitalist buddies buying up all the real estate and not giving it to anybody type of shit i feel like he caused more homeless people than the average guy i mean um i mean he's definitely the guy who like just takes this album at face value but doesn't really think about it too much like yeah like especially like on um what is it well i I like that this is i like that this is in the prime obama hubris era where everybody's like oh racism is done like we're good like oh the next president it's going to be just a continuation of obama we're good like all the liberal shit is good you know what i mean everything is liberal obama said what it do you know yeah exactly we're all listening we're all watching broad city eating chipotle you know drinking starbucks we're like oh shit yeah the republicans have nothing like we have south by south lawn you know what i mean yeah racism is over and i feel like kendrick is just like ah no (laughs) <laughs> you know and I, f- I feel like his albums always get misunderstood like I, like honestly good kid mad city was like the frat boy album right like as we were saying this is like the you know the obama like era mm-hmm. album like peak obama era yeah. and it's like miserable he's like it's not a celebration it's he it is in a way for sure but it's also like yeah we're fucking miserable and we're struggling out here i feel like um that's definitely like a big theme within this album especially just like self-love and just like self-acceptance yeah which like i feel like isn't really like said too much in like today's raps and stuff like like on i like that's all about like him um saying that like you know like he loves himself and that like he likes who he is i mean even on complexion as well like yeah saying that like no matter what complexion skin you have in the black culture like you know we're all still one team that like it doesn't really matter your complexion because like like a win's a win like if the james bond is as black as you know him or uh who is uh featured on that rhapsody which is interesting because spoiler alert anybody listening literally james bond was a black woman for like 30 minutes in the movie 
What movie? No Time to Die. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't watch James Bond. Oh, you didn't see it. In the movie, yeah. in the movie. Too many white people for me. Well, in the movie, basically, like, uh, James Bond, something happens and he retires, like, the 007, like, tag or whatever. And then, like, he's in, like, Cuba or some shit or, like, some random. No, no, he's in Africa. And and this, um like, black woman shows up and she's like, oh, like, you know, seduces him, like, whatever. Like, oh. And then they go back to her house and she's like, yeah, I'm 007 now. And you're going to have to come with me. And it's like a whole. She's basically 007 for the whole movie. So it's really interesting how this kind of predicted that. I'm in it. Uh, uh, yeah, it definitely did, and and you know, which is which is really interesting. I, I think about that a lot. How <laughs> she said that, and I feel like people at the time were like, "Oh, that's far fetched" or whatever. But it's it's interesting how it just mm-hmm. came to life and was true. I mean, it's it's kind of funny too, like because like I remember like when Daniel Craig uh, when he did his last James Bond movie, everyone was like, at least like the Republican side was just like. I was like, it better not be Idris Elba. I swear to fucking God, <laughs> yeah. if it's Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just like fucking. No Time to Die was a beautiful, incredible fucking movie. You should, you need to watch that movie. You got to watch all the James Bond movies. But uh, yeah, we're getting. they're on HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting a little bit caught up. But then, you know, um, I don't remember too many specific lyrics. I mean, on Hood, on Hood Politics, he talks about how Killer Mike should have a Grammy. That was cool. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so pretty much like on Hood Politics was like um, – I remember – because like I was listening the other day and like it starts off with like a voicemail of somebody from his old neighborhood mm-hmm. of, of being like, yo, Kendrick. Like, oh, you're like, you know, you're too good to answer like my phone call now. Like, what's the shit I hear about you doing some weirdo <laughs> rap shit? <laughs> yeah, that was my first playlist on Spotify ever. I, on It was called Weirdo Rap Shit, and it was because of the song. And this was, like, the first song I ever added to it, which is interesting. A little, mm-hmm. little tidbit. Yeah, so that's why it's, like, hood politics, because he's just, like, you know, I'm still, like, you know, hood. Like, you mm. know, like... Like, I'm still, like, part of the hood. No like, socks and skinny jeans and shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. Bro, I love, too, like, how he ends that call. It's just like, yo, call me on Shanika's phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, um, yeah, there's a lot of... I, I never really noticed it until today, listening back. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of direct connections back to Good Kid Mad City in a way. And it's like, you don't hear the full connection because he's 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 apart from that now. You know what I mean? He separated himself and he's, he's big-timing now. So it's like... Like you get little hints of it in like complaints and like mm-hmm. like calling back to certain songs and talking about Shireen. You know, Shireen is not as good as Lucy. Oh, you know, how could you say that? Whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, even like uh, in uh, institutionalized, right? Like um, that song's about um, was he goes to the award shows and he brings his homies from Compton, mm-hmm. and like while they're there, like all of his like homies are like trying to like. Yo, we should rob everyone here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to see these things, the, the, the dynamics. So you find a new group of friends, and it's like, okay, how am I going to fit my old group of friends? Especially when there's such like a wealth disparity, and like, oh, I gotta, I gotta make sure to give them money, but not too much, because then I'm going to go broke. It's like, it's like a lot. That's like the hood politics, I guess. Again, I don't want to be the white boy intellectualizing Kendrick Lamar, which is kind of what I've been trying to do this whole episode, kind of. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like his music is like it is intellectualized. You know, like it's, yeah, like. I, I feel like for this, because, like, what is it? Like, that album, too. Like, I wrote down, like, a line. It's just, like, like, because, like, his homies, like, you know, like, excuse for it was, like, oh, my defense mechanism told me to get them because they got them. Mm-hmm. Y- you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, it's, like, oh, like, I'm used to, like, like, it, like seeing if other people has not, not have nice shit. I need that nice shit. Yeah. 
And then the album the album ends with uh, You Ain't Gonna Lie, which is a fantastic song. Sounds like some That's like, a good one, too. Sounds like The Roots or like Erykah Badu or some shit. And then you go into I, which obviously has the Isley Brothers sample. Another direct connection back to the, the last album with the Between the Sheets, like the Isley's line. And I then, love myself. Yeah, that shit. And then just like the, the crowd being too loud and all that kind of stuff is really interesting. Um, it, it's interesting he chose a live version to use. For, like, it's the only live song on the album, too. Yeah, yeah because the single version of this is um, the single version of this is obviously just like a regular a regular song and uh it's it's supposed to be like you know uh crips and bloods like coming together or whatever that's like what the album the single art cover is and i remember he made those cortezes that were like um you know uh blue and uh red and shit like he was trying mm-hmm. to unite the gangs and all that yeah was it he said the um, he had a really good line in here too talking about politics on um, hood politics too when he's like uh was it it's um Red bloody kittens and demo crips. Oh, yeah, Demo-cri- oh, yeah just the battle versus demo crips and red bloody kittens or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, a- yeah. I was like, damn, that was really good. Yeah, at the, t- at the time, my, <laughs> my white boy, t- my white boy senses were tingling. <laughs> I was like, bro, that's hard, dude. You know, that's hard. Let me put this in my Facebook status. <laughs> yeah, bro, that's so sick, dude. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. I like this album better because it's definitely a more like true statement of who he is. It's definitely a more mature statement. And I, and again, as like the corked up white boy i feel like i feel like the to pimp a butterfly is like a little bit less of like a almost like a simulator of of all that stuff like i feel like i i don't know i i don't i i i tend to um like not turn my nose up but like i i don't like i don't like watching other people around me that are also white be like like listen to summertime 06 or listen to like good kid mad city and be like oh like you know i know the full experience of like the quote unquote hood or like the quote unquote like black experience because I listened to this and shit. And I feel like good, I feel like the pimp of butterfly is just a more personal statement and also just a more like a less like, okay, it's not for fucking you guys. You know what I mean? It's, it's more like diaspora problems where it's like, okay, I'm making this music. It's my statement. It's my, what I'm saying, but it's not a fucking simulator. Like I'm not trying to, you're, you're not going to listen to this and absorb it and then just fucking take it from me. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you could still like have like opinions about this album, but it, I feel like it definitely just being like, like you know black of the berry i feel that <laughs> like you should be saying shit like that <laughs> yeah exactly 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 because i could say oh like drank swimming pools i feel that or whatever oh whatever but yeah the black of the berry it's like i can't sing that i can't say i feel that i can't quote from it it's just like he's just like shut the fuck up and sit your white ass down and listen <laughs> you know what I mean? dude like honestly like, when that song comes on like i feel like i can only listen because of just how good it is like yeah like bro i i, I remember hearing that song for the first time fucking banger I, honestly dude, I, I literally had like goosebumps, especially with the ending, because mm-hmm. like how like he introduces the song, he's just like, "I'm gonna prove to you why I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2015," and then he talks about like y- you know like because uh, I think the, the the song starts with like him he's like six in the morning, like for fire burn baby burn like mm-hmm. like like a riot's going on. Oh yeah. Like and this was also like around the time that uh, Trayvon Martin was uh, was killed. Mm-hmm. And like, um, like I like how the song like kind of like it encapsulates the rage and kind of just like how like black uh, prideness is like, a pretty big um, theme in, in that song. And then like he's like, oh, like I'm, I'm a proud black man, like you know my dick's big, my nose, like my hair's nappy, like. And then he ends it with like um, he's like, but I'm the biggest hypocrite does fifteen because like gang banging made me kill a person blacker than me, hypocrite, mm-hmm. right. Like that shit was just nuts. Cause for me, just listening, I was just like, wow. Like, like it's just crazy. Just like how like he is wo- like quote unquote woke. He knows like like the systematic issues. He knows all this and that. 
but he still falls victim to the same pitfalls of the system. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't really have too much to say about what you just said because, uh, again, I'm white. So, um, yeah, bro. but uh, that's a fa- it, is a, it is a fantastic song, a great message. And I'm happy that the lax bro that I lived with freshman year could not sing along to it and didn't like it. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> and then obviously, All Right is a great song. Uh, I know most of the lyrics. I remember riding home um, the like, third time I saw him when I saw him at Global Citizen Fest. I really wanted to learn All Right so I can rap along to it. And I played this song like um probably like fifty times, like just like with genius like dangerously driving uh, and looking at genius and like trying to learn these lyrics and shit and I finally did it. And uh oh, I can see the evil, I can tell it, I know it's illegal, I don't think about it, I don't pass it every little zero, thinking about my part of pet candy, painting on the rig, digging through my pocket, in a pocket to figure out the feature. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. Man. Dude, I mean, yeah, it was such a good song. I mean, like it was so good that uh BLM made that their theme song. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, this is yeah. I, I, we gonna be all right. I there is definitely something to say about how this album like plays in again plays into like that whole like neoliberalism thing where it's just like uh, you know, it's it's just like I don't know. It's like um, the, the, like the, like the the James Bond line. You know what I mean? It, the, I I just feel like there's so much more to things than that. Or like, oh, we're just gonna be okay. You know what I mean? It's just like it's uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just a little bit too hopeful or something. Just just with our well, through our burned out tendencies. But it's, it it is just a little bit like uh like protest as you know like advertisable protest music or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like um all right. It, it's not really like about like um. I mean, it is, like, kind of about protesting, but it's also kind of just about, like, black people, like, went through so much, like, shit in their lives, like, you know, dealing with, like, racism, having, like, their ancestors having to overcome slavery and having to, like, you know, have real issues throughout, like, history. And then, but, like, at the end of the day, you know, God got us and we gonna be all right. Like, sure, like, you know, it's cool that you you acknowledge your priv- your white privilege and everything like that, but, like... I don't know, like, I, th- like, we've all been around, like, I think, like, of course, like, we don't know the specifics of it, but, like, we, we know about the Trayvon Martin case, we know about the, the, the protests that happened from that, the Black Lives Matter movement, kind of, uh, you know, phoenixed out of that event. Yeah. I get. I, I guess. My, I guess my my point in all of this is basically to say, like, nothing against Kendrick. He has two perfect albums at this point. Like as we're talking, two perfect albums, and it's nothing against him. It's nothing that he's saying that's wrong. It's nothing like his. He can have any hope that he wants. He can say anything that he wants. The music is amazing, but just like I don't know. It definitely felt like at the time, the white media was like, "Oh, we're good." You know what I mean? Everything is all good. You know what I mean? That kind of shit. We're all on the same team. Yeah, and it's like, no, we're fucking yeah. not. Like, like what about? I said, "What to do?" Like you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it, like. It's protest music, right? And and all right and stuff. Like, and Obama likes this music, but like Trayvon Martin happened under Obama, and nothing fucking happened. Um, you know, Michael Brown happened under Obama, nothing fucking happened. He didn't do shit. He didn't prosecute anybody. He didn't try. You know what I mean? He just kind of threw his hands up and did fucking nothing. And then, damn, is the Trump era album where I feel like it's the real shit, and it's like now we see like nothing has been done. You know what I mean? And we're fucking burnt out and we're tired. That's what I like about damn so much. Cause it, it really is like the last album is, is just so much hope and so much like, you know, like prosperity, prosperity and like singing Kumbaya and all that stuff. And then this is just like, no, actually everything is fucking garbage, you know? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. Well, yeah. I mean, just the title of it. Damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> damn. This was a, definitely a direct response to Trump being in office because it's yeah. mentioned on the album. It's like literally when did this even come out? It came out. Um, 2017. 2017. But what? His, what, first, ter- his first term as president. His first term. And it was like a couple months after, right? 
Yes, it was. I remember it was like in the spring. Uh, so yeah, when he was inaugurated, um, probably like a couple months after that. This is definitely like a better Trump response album than Eminem's album for sure. But because <laughs> That's it's an awfully hot coffee pot. B- yeah, because Kendrick. I, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't think Kendrick never is not really like big upping politicians or he's not really like, oh, Obama, you're so great. He just lives in that era and he's like speaking from his heart um, as he moves along. And then Dam is like the same thing. It's not really addressing Trump. Trump is never really mentioned very much. It's just like, OK. And just like little bits and pieces of it. Like, yeah. Uh, now we're like here. The, he has like one line in there. Oh, the Fox like, News clip. Yeah, that's like a good yeah, well, signifier of the era. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Fox uh, of like people criticizing all right, you know? Yeah. Like people being like, I don't like it. <laughs> but I love, I mean, Blood is a great intro and then DNA is a is like one of his very best songs because I, the thing I love so much about this song, is it's like the first yeah. two albums encapsulated in one thing. It's like, here's where I come from. You know, here's where everything is. Here's why everything is so difficult. I have this in my DNA. I have that in my DNA. I have pride in my DNA. You know what I mean? I come from from this i come from that you know this is my struggle like offering it up like like explaining it to white people right and then basically it's a fox news clip where it's like eh i don't like it it's garbage you know what i mean it's it's this it's that and then he's like okay well fuck you you what uh, you you think my d you think in my dna like my dna is to steal and my dna is to do this and my dna is to commit crimes and you know all these fbi statistics fuck you then i'm gonna prove it to you that's what it is fuck you he just like you know and then that's where the give me some ganja thing comes up it's like fuck you i'm just gonna go all the way with it fuck off like i feel like in that song like in this album too like he really is good at like Put, painting the picture of just like what it's like to being um like a black male like in today's society of just like of like oh this is what people say about me so you know what this is me you yeah, know because like, <laughs> fox news and tucker carson and all these fucking people are they're just all fucking phrenologists that's like how they fucking act they still use these old stereotypes where it's like black people are naturally inclined to commit crimes black people are like this and that that's the conclusion they always come to rather than like oh like the system is putting them down and it's not just black people it's other minorities that are also struggling and that kind of stuff and also being forced to commit crimes and do this and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff because of the conditions that they're in they don't want to look at that they just want to go oh black people are naturally inclined to commit crimes that's the conclusion that we're at dude conservative media they never want to look at the the big picture they're always they always look at like instant data uh was isolated incidences and they yeah they make assumptions a lot which i realize like it's just like like it's just what i noticed too with the whole rovers way thing that's happening recently mm-hmm. it's just like it's just like oh like it's good that like we're well actually they're not even talking about the the thing they're talking about the leak they're not even talking about like yeah the information was but it's just like they don't want people having abortions okay then like how about we set up like good foster care system no we don't like that okay um okay what if we just let gay people adopt these people oh you don't like that either um you know what i mean it's just like they they keep saying like like they want to have like a certain solution without acknowledging all the ripple effects of what like that no, effects because there's not going to be any ripple effects for them you know if their mistresses want abortions they'll just send them to new york and they'll send them to cali because they're rich you know what i mean they'll send them wherever all this kind of if they want to get their dick sucked in a bathroom they'll go do it privately they're and then they'll go insult gay people the next day and take away their rights the next day they don't they don't care they they do whatever the fuck they want just to please all the donors and please everybody else they go oh, okay like you know i'm against this you know we're going to ban this we're going to take this away we're going to take that away that kind of thing oh the bible says this the bible says that whatever it's just like yeah it's just a bunch of fucking bullshit and this album the thing i really like he explains himself perfectly on dna fox news and everybody is like oh well we're still just going to be phrenologists and be like oh like you're just inclined to commit crimes you know i don't like it this that blah blah, blah. and then he gets pissed off and then it goes yeah where he's like really fucking burnt out and then you know as he goes along 
long. He he seems to be burnt out, but he's starting to kind of explore himself and his emotions and the things that he's actually born with, like the loyalty, the pride. You know, pride's going to get you killed. Uh, humble, obviously, as that white girl is saying. Uh, we're, we're back into white people are allowed to sing Kendrick era <laughs> with this album. <laughs> obviously, with the sit down, be humble. <laughs> you know, I love show, just went viral. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> humble is like another helping of DNA, which I think is cool. It's like a very fiery song. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, like uh, that, and I, honestly, too, like. Um... I liked Loyalty a lot, too. Like, he finally got a Rihanna feature on an album. Mm -hmm. Like, like IQ knew that would happen. Like, I feel like... uh, It's just weird, because, like, in my head, I'm like, these two are in two separate spheres of music, but then they were still able to collab, because, like, I feel like Damn is, like, his commercial album. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely his commercial, like... I mean, Good Kid, Mad City, too, but this is definitely, like, his biggest one, because, I mean, like, Love... Uh, loyalty, element, humble. All these songs. I mean, humble is produced by humble was supposed to be a Gucci main song, and it was produced by uh, whoever does ear drummers. I forgot the guy. Mike will made it. It was produced by. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, this is like a classic, like a regular hip hop beat. But I mean, it's really good. It's a great beat. It sounds like a Kendrick beat. But then you get deeper and you get XXX, which is like another helping of the humble and DNA kind of thing where it's like, you know, revenge, uh, that kind of stuff. And it's an, it's a track about basically like revenge gets you nowhere. And then you have Fear, which is this album's essentially this album's um, uh, Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst, this kind of like extended long song where it's like three different parts. It talks about different elements of um, of the curse. Uh, that's like a big theme on this album about the Israelites and how they were like, you know, they were damned to walk the earth and that kind of stuff. And it's basically like about how um, I, I remember, you know, I I hate that Cole Kushner guy, the dude who does like the fucking uh, the dude on Spotify. What's that podcast called? Uh, I hate that shit. <laughs> that, that's that's basically what, what I'm doing here. What, you know, white 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 boy splaining hip hop music. Um, so again, this is this is my my one podcast where I'm going to do that, and I'm going to just not do that again. But um, <laughs> taking from that guy and his interpretation, and and just what I found on Genius, essentially this album is just about that kind of like age old curse, essentially. I think Duckworth is supposed to be him being set free from the curse by being spared, uh, or at least his father being spared. And it's a really interesting story about how um, Top Dog, the guy who runs the label, uh, went to the chicken shop all the time, and Kendrick's dad worked there. And uh, Kendrick's dad would always give him free chicken because he was like in a gang or some shit, and they were cool, and he was afraid of him a little bit. And then there was one day where like he could have robbed him and he could have killed him, but he didn't. Um, and that spared Kendrick's life. And then he signed him later, which was like a crazy reveal at the end of the album. And then it looped back into blood, uh, where uh, like an old woman like shoots him or something like that, right? Something like that. It was a weird, uh, it was a weird story for me. It's convoluted. It's extremely convoluted, but it's great. I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like damn, like he tried to do the same thing that he like, you know, like the whole story and everything. But I, I, I for me personally, I just feel like damn didn't really hit as hard as uh, Good Kid Mad City or To Pit Butterfly for me. It just felt like a little too commercial for me. And plus, like, I didn't like having U2 on this album either. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know. It doesn't. It's not quite a masterpiece, but it is still great. I mean... Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad album. It, it, but it's definitely just like... It's like my lowest ranked Kendrick album, but like it's still like my one of the higher ranks of music 
that I like. If this came out today with our scores, I would probably end up giving it like an A. But but just like all in total, I'd probably give it like an A minus. And I'd give the other ones. I give uh, uh, the last one we spoke about. I'd give that one an A plus, and the one before that, I'd probably give it like an A. So this is definitely yeah his worst, but it's still amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like all of his albums so far. Like he's batting a hundred. Everything's all A's. Like yeah. Like he just has a certain vision when it comes to albums, and like he's able to like create a story, create a perspective that's more that's nuanced or or a perspective that does like we don't really think about much and able to like make a whole song about it and able to shed some light about it. Yeah, and I think he's definitely getting some his juice back like with this whole um again, I don't I don't I, I'm going to just keep prefacing this, but I don't want to I I never want to be the white boy white explaining everything, but I think uh, Ryan <laughs> You're white? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm white. I don't want to be the white boy white explaining everything, but I think post like, you know, Jordan Peele with us and um, that new movie he's creating, that's like really odd. And then, nope. uh, yes, exactly. You know, how, how weird Atlanta is getting. I feel like this is like definitely the prime time for like weird black creative shit. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's where he's going to go with his next album. And I feel like that definitely segues perfectly into hit that, the fucking music video with, with the, yeah. the deep fakes and shit. This is like Kendrick's time to shine, I feel like. This is like Kendrick's time to come back and be like, all right, I'm the weirdest of the weird. This is the weirdo rap shit. Like, I'm back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is where we're at. Mm. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I feel like like it's like it's weird, but like a weird just like... It's just like we just never really thought to like loop all these people in like like it, it's such an interesting track just because of how he's able to loop in so many perspective of people that are like super popular in the black community like in pop culture mm-hmm. like of how he was able to really pick like the biggest black names uh, in the past like year or so of black culture and they will incorporate them all into a track that just makes sense yeah, I mean, are they? Re- I mean, they're kind of like low key featured. I mean, if anybody hasn't seen, because this is not like a visual podcast. I mean, the music video for the Heart Part Five, which is like his f- the fifth part in this Heart series, where it's like a standalone single before an album comes out, um, that he's done pretty much for every album or mixtape. Um, you know, it's a music video where he's, his face is consist- constantly morphing into different uh, figures. Like, like one is like Nipsey Hussle at the end, Kobe. Uh, we have OJ. We have Jesse Smollett. Who the fuck else? Will Smith. Will Smith. Uh, yeah, and OJ, Kanye. Kanye. Kanye is in it too. So yeah, yeah all these prominent, all, all these prominent people. And uh, as Troy mentioned, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park are the ones who actually did it with this whole voodoo, deep voodoo, or something like that. It's like their their deep fake company that they made for some reason <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's funny just like how south park has a, a credit on this song yeah it's odd and and it's apparently it's their first um like sampling of like what they're gonna get into kendrick and these south park writers with this uh also with this live action comedy that p lang and uh their you know um the south park guys creative company made um with uh Brennan chapman and it's gonna apparently this is just a quote from like an article um depict the past and present coming to head when a young black man who is interning as a slave reenactor at a living history museum uh, discovers that his white girlfriend's ancestors once owned his. So, <laughs> so this is really interesting. Again, like Atlanta type story um, that's mm-hmm. that we're getting here, and um, I'm really interested. 
interesting. I'm really interested to see where this goes. And I'm interested to see, as Troy said off mic, like if this is going to rope into Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers, his new album at all. But, you know, we can only blindly speculate at this point, And that's kind of what we're going to how we're going to finish this off. We, we went a little bit further on the discography than not that I would like to, because I think that we I think that was a it great was conversation. So good. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I feel like it would have been a, like a <clears throat> disservice. Like a dis- yeah, it would be a disservice if we just didn't like he's a living goat. Let's just be real. Yeah, he, he is. is one of the greatest of all time rappers. I mean, like he, from the jump, he's just been incredible and like no flops. Right. Uh, he keeps his head down, doesn't like do like crazy shit. He like he's he's not like a crazy guy who's like controversial in the wrong ways. Like mm-hmm. uh, Travis you know Scott, I mean? you know what I mean? Travis Scott, Kanye, OJ. Like all the all the people he, he defake, like you know what I mean. Like he's not like like he knows like kind of what he's doing. In fact, he's been silent for the past like uh, I don't want to say five years because he did do the um, Black Panther sound. Yeah, there was some whole shit about how he like he didn't have a phone, so he wasn't like looking at the news or whatever. But you know, I definitely can respect him creatively, like like in that way because he's just like okay, I'm gonna come back when I have something to say. It's like Frank the way that Frank Ocean does it. It's similar, but someone like Jay Cole, where he just makes the same album every two years, and then and then all of his hundred thousand people who buy his albums go, oh, he did it again, and it's like yeah, he did it again because you guys bought the album again. It doesn't mean that he did. He didn't do anything he didn't go platinum because people like it or because he's great it's because he he has a cult fan base of again like 100k people or whatever who will always buy the album or who will always stream the shit out of it mm. and it's like he's not we'll buy the dlcs yeah he's not doing anything new it's i was thinking about it walking up the block before i was like it, it, it's it's like as if someone was like oh shit dude 2k did it again like madden did it again it's like yeah he <laughs> They do it every Madden year. did it again. <laughs> they do it every year. One version, you know what I mean? Like 2019 might have been really glitchy and really buggy and garbage. And then the next year was like a little bit better. Like the stat tracking was better or some shit. Like that's what J. Cole's music is like. Kendrick is like, uh, I mean, he's he's like Skyrim. You know what I mean? It's like the next Elder Scrolls that comes out is going to be a fucking banger. And the next album that he's going to come out with is going to be a fucking banger. So um, I guess we can spend a certain amount of time. I mean, we're getting cl- we're, We've already gone over the hour mark, but I think we can probably go through quickly this track uh this track uh the heart part five and kind of dissect a little bit where he where his head is at um as troy mentioned it's a song about perspectives uh, for sure uh with all these different deep fakes in the music video but just like the whole song is pretty much about different perspectives so um do you want to go through like the first verse and we can kind of break that down a little bit was it so he starts the song off you know with his intro um like in fact he even like mentions like perspective a couple times like you know as i get a little older i realize life is perspective and my perspective may differ from yours um then just going down to to the verses you know i come from a generation of pain where murder is minor rebellious and margilla margilla sorry i can't say margilla <laughs> <Margelzel>. <laughs> sorry i i'm not good at reading ever since i was in middle school i hate when the teacher picked me to read <laughs> in class but uh yeah chip you for designer belt buckles and clout overzealous if prone to violence make the wrong turn be it will or the wheel alignment Residue burned, mist of the inner city, miscommunication uh, to keep homie detective busy, uh, homie detective busy. Uh, no protection is risky, no, desensitize, I vandalize pain, covered up in camouflage, get used to hearing arsenal rain, 
analyze, risk your life, take the charge. Homie's done, fucked your baby mama once you hit the yard. That's culture, 23-hour lockdown. Then somebody called, said your little nephew was shot down. The culture's involved. Uh, I done seen mm, do 17, hit the halfway house, get out and get his brains blown out, looking to buy some weed. Car wash is played out. New GoFundMe accounts. Council proceed. Brand new victim will shatter those dreams. The culture. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful reading. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But um, but yeah, that, that man, he fucking comes in and just like swings for the fences. He really just is a like does a really good way of just explaining like what this like quote unquote culture that he's talking about, like the culture. Um how like we're all desensitized by pain now, by murder, that like we're just all getting kind of used to it. I mean, which is kind of true. Uh we're all like kind of getting used to just seeing all this murder and shit. Oh my god, there's a bee in my house. Holy shit. Keep going. I'm gonna kill this thing. Go ahead. Oh my god, that's so fucking scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like kind of just like how like uh Jesus Christ, I think you got it. Yeah. Oh my god, that was really scary. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh was it saying? Yeah, just like saying how like uh we're all getting like desensitized by just seeing all this murder and stuff like in the news now. Just like what's coming to my mind right now is kind of like the George uh, Floyd murder of just like we all saw that so many, so many times. And now like if like people get shot and killed by the police, there's like not much of an outrage as there used to be, I guess. No, because there's like literally body cam footage. on. I mean, I was at I was at like Archie Moore's with my friend Matt like a year ago and I just look up and there's a fucking video of a, like a young kid getting being murdered on the news like body cam. And um yeah, it's interesting to see like the the updates in technology and the updates and everything since um, Kendrick, you know, last dropped an album. He last dropped an album when we were in college, right? And now we're like five years out, and it's like Exorcist Tentacion died, and we saw that on Snapchat. And then obviously you said George Floyd. <clears throat> obviously that was like a big thing. Um, obviously that was like a huge uh, national fucking outrage, um, as it should have been. You know, all all these different news outlets talking about it, uh, all the body cam footage and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know. Uh, Trump being out of office, now Biden is in office. It's just all these different things that have happened mm. since um, Kendrick dropped an album last. And he's kind of just like taking all of it, absorbing all of it, and then kind of spitting it back out at you. I mean, just, mm. I just even all the minor shit, even like the shit like with Dave Chappelle that happened, um, all this all this shit, you know, seeing Kanye's transformation. Because last time Kanye, you know, that was like 2016 that he dropped um, uh, Life of Pablo. And then now it's like, look at him now. He's like down to two. It's all fucked up. The, all the shit with Pete Davidson. It's like just seeing like I could imagine being Kendrick and coming out of the, you know, the void with no cell phone and being like, wait, what the fuck happened? What is going on with Kanye? He's being cucked. Like what? Like mm. what the fuck is going on? He's like, I need to get back on the mic and like try and set some of this stuff straight. I, I love the lyric where he goes um, that you read um, <clears throat> where he says, make the wrong turn, be it will or wheel alignment. Great fucking line. Um, you know what I mean? I, I, I love I love I love the way he uses wordplay like will and the and the word wheel just like kind of next to each other in that mm-hmm. way they sound alike like like an alliteration <laughs> yeah making uh, yeah making the wrong turn in a car wheel alignment but also making the wrong turn in life will you know like really mm-hmm. really great yeah it's really good and like i, I even like the, the end of that uh verse as well too when like he's describing that the dude coming out of prison after doing 17 years mm-hmm. he goes to the halfway house and then bam he dies because you know there's no system for him to 
you know, thrive. Like he, he goes to the halfway house and then, he, you know, you run into the same people that you did before. And of course, you're going to do the same shit that you did because like you're, you're nothing's changed in 17 years. Yeah. And then, like the fact and like that line, too, about like how like people like uh, make GoFundMe accounts like to like cover people's like funerals and stuff. Yeah. I'm just like, damn, because like I see that on Facebook like like a lot. People just doing GoFundMe's and shit, like to do like for like healthcare issues, for funeral stuff. Like it, it's just crazy, just how GoFundMe is like the new insurance. Yeah, it, it literally is. It's 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 completely insane, and, and I love the way that he, um, the the even the speck of hope that was on like Tepemba Butterfly is like it feels like at least in this verse it's like completely gone, which is really which is which is good because it be it shouldn't really be there, but at the same time he's not like. He's not like, oh, everything is fucked and there's no meaning to it. Because I, I, by verse three, as we'll get into, it, he like really kind of sums it up and like kind of adds a little hope, even though there's like tra- like even like even more tragedy in the third verse. But mm-hmm. but I love I I love that whole line about um, y- you know, you, you said like he got back into his old ways, but it seemed like it's even more demented and even more um um hyper. Uh, everything is so hyper like these days like everything moves so fast it's not even like he was getting it's not even like Carlito's way where it took you know for it took like days and weeks and months for this man to get back into the crime syndicate and do all the shit and then you know he gets shot like tragically at the train station and all his girlfriends no 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 he went to jail for 17 years he gets out all he wants to do is buy weed it's been it's been less than a day and his brain is blown out it's like not even like there's not even the chance of like oh he's gonna get back into his old life it's like no 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 he went and bought weed and some fucking random guy he doesn't even know just fucking and kill them it's like crazy it's really crazy how he like how well kendrick is just like no we're back in the 70s we're back in like the time where it's mm. lawless like we're yeah. not and that's where that's where the sample comes in exactly the marvin gay sample which yeah is- he's like he's like this is american gangster like you're gonna get shot you're dead like and nobody's gonna fucking solve the crime it's like mm-hmm. best we goddamn make a gofundme account for you yeah and then it's updated with that it's like the best we could do is make an nft of you or something the best we can do is make a gofundme <laughs> account um but yeah, so, <clears throat> so moving on to the to verse two like we're just gonna go for the highlights because like it's pretty like very uh lyric heavy song mm-hmm. um so like i like in verse two because th- in the music video that's when like he deep fakes into other people which then changes the perspective of what he's saying like like he deep fakes himself into looking like oj simpson and he's just like i said i do this for the, my culture uh to let y'all know what uh, mm, uh look like in bullet in a bulletproof ro- rover mm-hmm. like uh, i really like that line too because it's just like 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 he said, like because his version, or I guess like OJ's version, is just like I need to be a successful black man. Like I need to to be that uh, to show people that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, of course, like shit got <laughs> went sideways for him, but uh, <laughs> I mean, he got off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, do you want to – and then do you want to go to the next line? Yeah, um, you highlighted that this has to do with Kanye. I'm not really sure. I guess this is where he transforms into Kanye. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, so I mean I like this – I just like this line because it, I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. I mean just in general, just just the way that everything is like the work culture type of shit where it's just going to work, selling work, late for work, working late, praying for work, but you know, paperwork and that's the culture. Point the finger, promote you. I like I, – I love – I really love how – he really just points out the cycle and he's really just like zooming out from a bird's eye view. And instead of just like, Oh, we're working this job and we're struggling, but we're going to make it through It's No, he just, he just zooms out. He's like, he's like, look at how bullshit this fucking rat race is. Like you can see it's like a goddamn maze. Like take a look at it. This is what they're making everybody fucking do. 
You know what I mean? And then they say, oh, it's the culture. Like, you should do a nine to five. You should work hard. You should work 60 mm. hours a week. You know, be a fucking billionaire mindset or mm. whatever. Yeah. You know? This kind of like of this like learn to love it like attitude towards work, I think like is just getting like very toxic because it's just like, you know, like it's like, oh, like my man works two jobs or some <laughs> shit like that. Right. And it's just like, why does he need to work two jobs to like just support himself and his family? To prove his worth to a mate and then to prove to, yeah, his boss that he's good and to prove to, you know, the government that he could pay his taxes and all this shit. Like, it's crazy. And and then you get you get deeper into the song. I mean, like, I love the, the lyric. Uh, as you said before, I'm in Argentina wiping my tears full of confusion. Like, new revolution up and moving. I, I just love, yeah, I just, I, Kendrick is just so good at just... He's just good at rhyming. I don't know how else to say it. He just finds these fucking pockets that these basic ass rappers just cannot find. And especially over this like like this funky fucking Marvin Gaye sample that shit sounds like a fucking fella cootie song. He's like going crazy. He's such a good lyricist. Like I'm glad he took the five years break just to like work on this album instead of like, oh shit, like, you know, it's next year and I got to come up with a new album and then the new album after that and then the mm-hmm. new album after that. Like I... He's able to like actually like think about like what he's saying and able to like because I feel like when he does his courses like it's it's all like it's purposefully done like it's not just like oh that sounded good that's why I said it or that's why I sang it that way yeah plus like that line in Argentina like it just like I don't know if that's like a a reference like if he was in Argentina or like because I know when like people mention like Argentina it's usually about like the Nazis like (laughs) Germany. To go to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know what you're. I know what you're referring to. I don't know if. Um... <laughs> I don't know if that, that's the context in in the song, but like, I mean, you know, I wouldn't put it past him because like uh, Kendrick's like not uh, shy to like talk about like the, the that group of people. True. I mean, yeah, water in between us and other peers been executed. History repeats itself again. Just he he loves to talk about history and, and like the evils of history and that kind of stuff, too. And the devil and all that shit. But yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess we can kind of move on. Uh, I mean, do we need to re- read any more lyrics for this? I think we're kind of like we're kind of good. I mean, we're, um, ki- we're kind of far. Into, really? We're, I think we can kind of surmise essentially that the song is about different perspectives. We, everybody's kind of burned out. But I feel like at the end, he does kind of wrap it up, even though he's like he has a gun pulled on him. That's kind of like the last mm-hmm. verse of the song. Yeah, I think we should go into that one just because um yeah i just think it just it's just done so well mm-hmm. um what is it yeah, you can probably just read hold on you can cut this but this you can probably read that like this part uh okay well uh okay so like um so in this part of the the video uh he's wrapping in the perspective of nipsey hustle um i was like i woke up that morning with more heart to give you as i bleed through the speakers feel my presence to my brother to my kids i'm in heaven to my mother to my sis i'm in heaven to my father to my wife i'm serious this is heaven to my friends make sure you count them blessings to my fans make sure you make them investments and then he's like, uh, I seen the pain in your pupil when that trigger had squeezed. And though you did me gruesome, I was surely, I was surely relieved. I completed my mission, wasn't ready to leave, but fulfilled my days. My creator was pleased. It sounds like a, it sounds like a, like a church prayer, or like some reading out of the Bible or something like, yeah, it's it just like, like, I don't know. He's able to bring like gang violence and put like a godly meaning to it. 
you know what I mean? Yeah, like this whole this whole thing about purpose and just like um, you know, I'll, I'll, I I was surely relieved I completed my mission wasn't ready. Well, I used to be in CCD in religious school, and that used that sounds like some shit from that. Like like I was surely relieved I completed my mission. I was not ready to leave. Like it's <laughs> you know my my creator was pleased. My creator was pleased. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy, just like how the perspective is just like um, like sure, like this guy is killing nipsey hustle but like but like in the religious way of viewing this is just like sure like nipsey hustle was gone but like he did his mission you know he did what he needed to do he united people he helped the community he did this and that like he really did help like a lot of people i mean sure like none of us were like wanted him to go so quickly but yeah he was he helped a lot of people and i guess uh god you know had a plan for him and he did the plan um yeah i mean pretty pretty much it's just it's interesting again this heart series i feel like even though it's it's very negative and i I was even reading parts of the last one and it's like also very negative and very like uh gets gets violent and that kind of stuff but this whole thing about the heart and how we kind of all you know no matter what we kind of all have a heart and we're kind of all it's still beating you know i mean if you're still if you're still alive your heart is still beating kind of thing and that's kind of the positive takeaway from it i guess and it's just can't like like I feel like his music is kind of like the heart of a lot of different things because uh, as we talked about off mic, like uh, like a lot of people that, that used to tell us like what – like how things are uh, and put things into perspective um, in certain ways like have really fallen off whether in like really fucked up ways. I mean like it's, think about like Bill Cosby or something, right? Like that was like America's mm-hmm. – uh, America's dad. America's dad. Look, look what he fucking went through. And on a way lesser note – like Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle used to be the guy, like when he came back with those first Netflix, Netflix specials, they were incredible. He would tell people how things were and like what things were like and put things into perspective and make us not feel so crazy. And then now look at him and he's just like reacting to his own Netflix specials and being transphobic and all this shit, right? He's writing stand-up about his stand-up. He's writing stand-up about his stand-up. And then it's just like uh, maybe like J. Cole, you thought that he would be the great hope or something like that. Or I don't know. There's a lot of different people who you thought like would be the hope and would be this. I mean, even like Joe Biden, like everybody thought like, oh, he's going to come in and, or like Bernie. Oh, he's going to come in and he's going to save everything and everything's going to be all good. And he's going to explain it to us and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like none of these people showed to be fucking anything. They just all kind of showed to be like, you know, whether it's an asshole like Dave Chappelle or whether it's, again, like a fucking like Bill Cosby that serious or whether it's you know joe biden not doing jack shit but then we have kendrick who's like the heart and soul and he's like just wants to put things into perspective and that's his purpose that's what he's put on earth to do is um by god like that's how he feels and um you know even like kanye it's the same thing where it's just like that's that was his original thing he was put on earth by god to be like the greatest artist and this and now look at him like look at donda too it's shit like he's just it's a fucking mess he turned his blood he turned his back on people he like said that slavery was the choice all that stuff people are still mad about that and they should be and it's like kendrick has never done that kendrick has always told us how it is and if we don't like it we don't like it and if we want to be frat boys and party to it and ignore the lyrics we can but he's always there to just like tell us the truth tell us his perspective you know bring the heart and soul into music and be like this is what the fuck it is this is what is going on this is what we should pay attention to and kendrick is the goat for that reason or at least one of them you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah kendrick like i feel like he is like one of um of a handful of conscientious rappers that can make good 
music <laughs> yeah not, not to sound like a dick or anything but it's just like i feel like like there's like some conscientious rappers out there that like um uh, like mf doom or well mf doom's good but like you but uh, just i think of like a good j cole's the classic go back always go back to j cole yeah i guess like, i guess like <laughs> j cole yeah because it just like because i feel like uh j cole like short he says the right things um and he puts it over the same rap trap beat mm-hmm. but like it's just like Kendrick is able to just put all these new perspective, all this newfound knowledge that he has mm-hmm. and kind of flip our ideas of what's going on and ideas of what's going on in the world, like on its head. And we can be like, oh, shit, like I never really thought of it that way. You yeah, know? puts everything into a new perspective. Yeah, that's kind of what he does the best. It's, he really is the best. And like, so what do you think um, this album is going to be? Do you think it's going to be his next best album? Or do you think it's going to be uh, like kind of like subpar? Not subpar, but it definitely won't be subpar. I mean, I, I think it'll probably be his. I, I hope that it's going to be his second best album. I mean, I don't know if Good Kid Man City can be touchable, but I feel like if he takes the spirit of Good Kid Man City, that instrumental, like amazing, like, you know, Thundercat type production, he doesn't need to have Thundercat or Flying Lotus, but like that kind of like organic production. And he takes the lyrics and makes them a little bit less like neoliberal, you know what I mean? Or less like, oh, everything's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like kind of thing uh and and makes it a little like a little bit more burnt out but not to the point where it's like damn i feel like it could be his best like i feel like if he's able to get political and like really take that you know old school dave Chappelle route of like really powerfully explaining things over some like fucking fail a cootie type uh production or over some marvin gay type production like he did on this song i feel like he could really do something different and like really like i don't know like like I don't know. It, it it sounds like stupid to say like, oh, it's going to reignite some sort of a political movement because it's not. And that's like, again, like a stupid neoliberal perspective. But it's just like, I feel like this album is going to be really powerful. And I feel like this could be his best. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, same. <laughs> no, like I, I seriously think it's going to be a really good project. I mean, even just like this uh, single format, like I just feel like it's definitely going to be have more of like a 70s vibe. So I feel like history and plus like history like on this track too is going to be a main um, concept on this album. Um, definitely just the way that uh, the culture that he likes to talk about like is going to be like a pretty big theme on this. Like I want to hear... I feel like he's the only person I want to hear like his experience of just like how things change for him mm-hmm. when COVID hit. Like I feel like he's the only one that's able to do it in such a, a good way, but not like 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 oh like COVID sucked. Like I I couldn't go to Applebee's. I couldn't yeah <laughs> like you know like like more of just like the societal issues that like it kind of sprung out that people just know that they realized. You know what I mean? Like, like pr- police brutality. Like, uh, I think that's going to be a pretty big theme throughout this album because, like, it just, like, the George Floyd case really just united the world for that summer. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, he might have, like, something to say about that because I feel like he didn't even say anything, did he? He didn't really make much of a statement and people were getting mad at him for it. But I think he was quite, I, I believe that he was quietly donating. I don't think he wanted to make a whole mm-hmm. thing about it, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. hope I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where he goes with this for sure. I mean, I think, I think just like his day and night, um, performance in Vegas, I feel like it'll be like a real summation of like his discography and like a real powerful statement of like everything he's done up until this point. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because like that's another thing too, which I really appreciate in music is that he's very good at um, kind of like painting the picture of his own perspective of his own deal. Like, because uh, like Good Kid, Mad City, that was about when he was a teenager. Pin Butterfly was when he was successful from Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. Damn is like about like when like living in America in a Trump era. Mm-hmm. Like he's very good at like saying what's on his mind and like puts it like in the eye perspective, but he does it in a way that's like it's still he's still able to relate to hundreds of thousands of people. Well, I think the Obama administration definitely gave him false hope that things were going to be good. The Trump administration definitely made him like, you know, Trump, Trump bad, you know what I mean? Type of Fox News bad. And then I feel like I think this might be his best because I think the Joe Biden administration is so like (laughs) empty brains and so much of a like a, a SpongeBob alone blank canvas um that i think that he can paint his masterpiece on it that's kind of where i'm at yeah you can really complain about anything with that (laughs) you can really complain about anything you can you know brandon he's the great unifier (laughs) oh my god dude i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen the next election but uh it's like please like will a competent democrat who's very left please run yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's all we can hope for but uh but yeah i hope this kendrick album is good um whoever wins the next well, election hope, it will <laughs> no no the next kendrick okay let's say this the next kendrick album is going to be a standoff from us it's obviously going to be a anthony fantano uh yellow flannel it's obviously going to be a pitchfork you know red best new music um but where it lands i'm not sure who cares about those other people i think that it'll be i think that it could be his best i hope that it is Mm-hmm. No, me too. I mean, like, it just, like, he has so much material of just, like, some uh, social justice issues that have been going on for the past five years. I think um, he is smart enough to create perspectives to get mm-hmm. people to really think about what really just happened. Because, like, I, I feel like, like, especially nowadays, that, like, we don't really have time to reflect about the, the, the trauma that we go through every day anymore. No, because it's you just know. new shit every single day, right? And um, it's just new shit, you know, just like the news cycle. It's just the new shit every day, and then you just forget about like, oh, remember that one time? Like, because watch, two months from now, we're all going to be like, like, oh shit, like you know, the Amber Heard uh, Johnny <laughs> Depp trial was crazy, and then like, you know, next year we're going to be like, oh, that did happen. I forgot about that. Yeah, just like yeah, it's just yeah, it's like trauma is like entertainment. But um, yeah, I guess to close, I'd like yeah. to say I think that it's going to make Section Eight and Good Kid, Mad City look amateurish. I think it's going to make uh, uh, To Pimp a Butterfly look naive. I think it's going to make Damn look uh, disorganized uh, concept wise. And I think I think I I'm hoping and I think that it will be his best. And um, that's all we can really hope for. I guess uh, signing off. And also wanted to say um, free YSL, free Gunna, free all the members, and free the fucking Green Dog. <laughs> get, get all, get them out of the pound. Dude, that shit is crazy. In fact, they, dude, you hear they might even get Lil Baby on some charges? So. God damn it. Don't get Lil Baby. He's an, I met Lil Baby in person. He's, he's one of the nicest people I've met in my whole fucking life. Yeah. Come on, bro. Don't, <laughs> don't. He didn't do shit. Lock up Jack Harlow like that meme said, at least. Yeah, we need to lock up, lock him up, man. That album, awful. Yeah, that album is trash. <laughs>
Uh, but yeah, well, free YSL, free YSL, free YSL. They did nothing wrong. YSL is not a gang. YSL did not do crime. So all these fucking vibe pages that have been, you know, dick riding Young Thug for years, and now they're like, oh, the list of crimes that he committed. Uh, shut the fuck up. He didn't commit any yeah. crimes. It's alleged, bitch. Yeah, that's just crazy too. It's just like all these fans that he's had, like, are just like, oh, he's a criminal. He fucking did it. Yeah, like, what, what the, the fu- fuck? What the fuck is this? Yeah, I, I got. It's the fan. Are you still a fan? I got pissed when I saw at the dot thinking say crimes that YSL committed. Bitch, they're not crimes. It's alleged. That's the whole point. Take it to trial. <laughs> like Take the song. That to motherfucking court. <laughs> yeah. I think we should end it off with that song. But yeah, signing off. Free YSL. Free YSL. Free the green dog. If you watch that green dog, I'm gonna come for you, fucking feds. I swear to God. <laughs> what the fucking good. <laughs> All right.